Welcome back to another episode of the Missing Pillar of Health podcast. This is episode 91. And today I'm answering a question from Green Product Forum member Amanda, who asked, what's the most important thing to do when creating a non-toxic bedroom? So I'm going to walk you through the steps I would take, the things that you should think about, and they're not all necessarily going to be that obvious to you. Let's dive in after the quick show intro. Welcome to the Missing Pillar of Health podcast, the show that tackles the often misunderstood and underestimated topics related to toxins and their impact on our health and well-being. I'm your host, environmental engineer, mom of two, and founder of Green at Home, Emma Roman. My mission is to help you reduce toxins in your life without fear, judgment, or shame, so you can be more informed and empowered to take action on issues that matter to your health. The research is clear that toxic chemicals found in the products we use, food we eat, water we drink, and air we breathe are contributing to the rise of chronic illness, allergies, infertility, autoimmune disease, and more. The good news is you can reduce your exposure without having to drastically change your lifestyle, and I'm here to show you how. As Margaret Mead said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. I believe addressing toxins is a critical step towards creating healthier and happier families, communities, and ultimately a better planet. And that starts right here, right now. Let's dive into today's show. Okay, now, the first thing, whenever anybody asks me, what's the most important thing to do when creating a non-toxic X? It's a different answer for everybody, because I don't know what you've already done. I don't know what your home situation is. I don't know what your lifestyle is like. So unless you're in my membership program or my prepping for pregnancy course, I can't answer that with a very specific personal answer. However, there are some things that you can think about and I will walk you through. So this isn't going to be a single, the most important thing that you can do to create a non-toxic bedroom. I'm going to give you a suite of things to consider because you might have done some of these, you might have done none of them, and then you can start to pick away at the items that you think are most important to you. And the first place that I like to start with every question like this is to think of your space, whatever it is that you're looking to detox and do a little self-assessment audit and kind of scan your room and think about where are the things that are likely to expose you to the highest concentration, the most potent, whatever you have you in of toxins. And it's going to be different also depending on what your goals are. If you're dealing with allergies or asthma, or if you have a baby sleeping in your room with you maybe, or you're trying to conceive. So it's good to think first of what it is you're trying to accomplish, and then look around your room and see where the biggest change you can make might be. So for some of you, that is going to be replacing your mattress, but for some of you, maybe your mattress is perfectly fine and that's not something you're going to change. So 
When you're doing your audit, I think it's important to look around not only at what the sources are, but how practical it is for you to address it right now. And I will walk you through some of the steps to do this. Now, in episode 32, I talked about detoxing your home strategically. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back because it will get you in the right mindset to tackle any question like, what should I do? Because it you really need to start at kind of first principles. You can't just dive in and say, oh, this is most important or, oh, I'm going to tackle my bedroom and need to do X, Y, Z without really pausing and creating some sort of strategy behind it. So listen to episode 32 to help lay the framework for how I approach a more strategic home detox. Now, when it comes to thinking about what is in your bedroom, as is any area of your home, I like to break down based on exposure pathways and then the exposure types within that. So in the bedroom, the main exposure pathway is what you inhale. We'll also talk about what you put on your skin. And then ingestion isn't really a consideration for the bedroom typically, but I will talk about other things that can impact sleep because sleep plays such an important role in detoxing your body regardless of what is going on in your home. All right, so let's, in this little audit of your bedroom, take a look around and think of what you could be inhaling. So if you do nothing else, each one of us is exposed to, obviously, the air that we breathe and the pollutants that come with that, but also dust. So if you've been following me for a while, you might think I sound like a broken record because I talk about dusting a lot, but dusting is one of the quote-unquote easiest ways to help lower your exposure to toxins that you are breathing in. Because a lot of the things that we can't necessarily change very easily about our home, like furniture, for example, degrade slowly over time. And the chemicals that may be problematic, like flame retardants, if you've got some older mattresses or stain repellents, these products settle out in household dust. And so the more we can keep dust down, the less we're breathing in and the less we are being exposed to. And so Think of prioritizing areas that would get disturbed and, and where the dust would enter your breathable air. So, you know, vacuuming properly the floor with a good vacuum and with a HEPA filter on it. If you can reduce carpeting in your bedroom, that can be huge because carpet is a big sink for things like dust and then also VOCs, which we'll talk about later on. If you have a headboard and or a footbar board that has solid top or slats, making sure to get in between there because that dust can be displaced as you're making your bed, for example. So keeping dust down. Next would be fresh air. So whether that's opening a window or making sure that your furnace fan is on circulate. You know, a lot of us only have the the furnace fan running if we are heating or cooling. But overnight, typically, the furnace and or the heating and or air conditioning isn't going to be running as frequently. And so you're not circulating as much air through your home. And so if you put the fan, your furnace fan on circulate, it will just keep, it will cycle the air through your home, even if you don't need 
to necessarily heat or cool it. Making sure that you have a high efficiency filter that you're replacing regularly is also important. And if you have a ERV or an HRV, making sure that you're running it properly. This is a energy or a heat recovery ventilator. Making sure that you're running it properly, that its filter is replaced regularly. And so understanding fresh air and really looking at your owner's manuals and using the equipment that you have most effectively can help with keeping your body burden down overnight because it can help flush out some of the things that may be accumulating in your air from your building materials, from furniture, etc. Now, whether or not you open the window or if you're running your air conditioner or your furnace with windows closed, that might depend on your climate. It might depend on whether you have allergies or whatever. So there's no one right or wrong answer. Maybe you don't have forced air, in which case you're going to have to look at other ways to get air movement through your house. If you've got radiators, for example, whatever your situation is, look at how you can get fresh air moving through your home overnight. Another thing that you are likely going to be inhaling as you are sleeping could be chemicals that off-gas from your mattress or pillow. And this is something that I have talked about before. Episode 7 looks at choosing a healthy mattress. And episode 72, I answered the question, do mattress protectors make a conventional mattress healthier? So if you are in the market for a new mattress, then check out episode seven. And if you're wondering what to do about your conventional mattress, check out episode 72. The thing with mattresses and pillows, if it is a conventional foam mattress or memory foam, there are two things to consider. One, as I mentioned before, is as the foam degrades, there will be pieces that fall out and contribute to household dust. But there are also chemicals that are released as VOCs or volatile organic compounds. And so the dusting can deal with the dust and getting more fresh air movement through can help dilute the VOCs if you are not replacing your mattress or pillow. If you are in the market for a new mattress or a pillow, then it really depends on what your budget is, what's available where you live. There are going to be different thresholds depending on your situation. So I walk through the things to think about in those podcast episodes I mentioned previously. VOCs, I mentioned with respect to part of the exposure for mattresses, and these can also be released from other furniture, so your bed, your dressers. They can be released from building materials if you've recently renovated or if you're moving into a new home. Now, existing furniture is not likely worth replacing just because they might be off-gassing. If you're noticing a really strong smell and you're dealing with migraines or difficulty sleeping, brain fog, symptoms that are not explained by anything else, this could be an indication that you are dealing with a chemical sensitivity that might be from your mattress or something in your home. So if you've got something like that going on, then it might be worth considering your exposures more seriously. However, if you're not planning on remodeling anyways, I don't usually suggest going out and replacing all of your furniture. It's very expensive 
and the benefit is going to be small compared to other things that you could be doing, not just in your bedroom, but in other areas around your home. If you've got new furniture in and you've realized, oh, they've got a strong smell, you either didn't know at the time to look for low emissions or you thought you were buying something that was going to be better, but it still has a strong smell, whatever your case might be, if it's new, try to leave it outside or in a well-ventilated area under cover to protect it from the weather for as long as possible. Because often with things like paints, there will be this initial flush of VOC release. So if you've got furniture that has been plastic wrapped, for example, for delivery, it hasn't had a chance to off-gas. And so before you bring it into your house and let it off-gas in there, see if you can leave it somewhere to do its initial off-gas. And ongoing, that fresh air strategy that I mentioned off the top will help deal with VOCs that will continuously be released from things in our homes. That's just, it will happen. (laughs) There is no way that you will avoid all VOCs entirely. You know, if you're going with something that is green card certified or low VOC or just plain wood, then sure, there are ways to reduce it. But just by living in a house, you will be exposed to VOCs. So that's why fresh air is important. The next step would be if you want to really improve the air quality in your room, maybe because you know you have a bunch of conventional things in your home that you can't get rid of and you would just feel much better knowing that you are cleaning your air, actively cleaning your air, then you could consider getting an air purifier. And the bedroom is where I suggest putting an air purifier first because the standalone air purifiers are sized to treat a single room. There are whole home air purifiers, and I talk about these a little bit more along with standalone air purifiers in episode 81. You can also get a downloadable guide at greenathome.ca forward slash air purifier. But the room ones are usually the ones that I suggest more often for people who are looking at actively cleaning the air. Now, to deal with VOCs specifically, there are a lot of air purifiers on the market, and many of them do not handle VOCs as well as you might think. And this is because the technology to capture VOCs is activated carbon, which acts as a physical filter, I guess, but it the VOCs attach to the carbon particles. And so you need a certain volume of carbon to be able to remove VOCs from the air in your bedroom. And if you have a very low volume carbon air purifier, it is not going to last very long before the air passing through it is no longer filtered for VOCs. So listen to episode 81, grab my guide, because just going for the cheapest or most advertised air purifier isn't necessarily going to get you what you need where VOCs are your focus. Another source of VOCs could be if you have an ensuite, and this is where you are using your personal care products. Or if you are using conventional personal care products and let's say you shower at night and you're washing your hair and putting in hair product and stuff and then going to sleep and you're breathing that in all night. So thinking about your personal care products could be an effective strategy when looking at things that you could change in your bedroom if that is where you are being exposed to personal care products. Episode two 
answers the question about how to choose healthier personal care. And I have a ton of resources on my website dealing with this as well. You can go to greenathome.ca forward slash learn. Another thing that you could be inhaling in your bedroom is mold. If you've got drapes or furniture that is pushed against a cold exterior wall without a lot of air movement and your inside is quite humid, you could end up with mold on your walls that might not be that visible. I have a client who discovered extremely high levels of mold in their closet, which happened because some moisture got trapped behind a dry cleaning bag and ended up being quite a severe mold issue. So if you've got low airflow areas like closets or behind furniture, make sure that you're checking that you're not ending up with cold walls where moisture can condense and contribute to mold. In episode 59, I interviewed Michael Rubino, a mold remediation expert, about identifying if you have a mold problem and how to remediate it. And in episode 69, I spoke with Dr. Sharon Kelly about mold illness. So those are two related episodes you could check out as well. Now, since I mentioned the dry cleaning bag problem with my client, I will mention dry cleaning. If you dry clean your clothes, do not bring them into your bedroom, either in the plastic bag or not, but remove them from the dry cleaning bag and hang them somewhere that they can air out. Dry cleaning chemicals have gotten quote unquote better, but they still can release toxins as they are off-gassing. So if you're dry cleaning clothes, let them air out somewhere outside of your home, not in your bedroom. And if you can find wet cleaners, it might sound counterintuitive, but it is a dry clean safe process that is or a process for dry clean only clothes that is less toxic than conventional dry cleaning. So those are some few area, a few areas that I want you to think about as you are looking around your bedroom and self auditing where you can start to address your toxic exposures. The next set of exposures, I would put these as kind of second tier. So the question was, what's the most important when creating a non-toxic bedroom? And I, I do think that it's what you can inhale. And then the last section that I'm going to talk about about sleep quality, but I wanted to mention what you put on your skin because so many people ask about bedding and do you need to have organic cotton bedding? And the answer is no. I don't think you need to do anything when it comes to creating a less toxic home, but you have choices. So organic fabric just means that the crops used to make the fabric were grown organically. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that the finished product is without toxins. That being said, often organic bedding is going to be free from certain treatments, but it's not necessarily a guarantee. So this is something where it's important to read the labels. I think natural fibers are better for bedding in general because polyester is a essentially plastic 
and I talked about polyester on episode 84, so you can go check that out. Other things that you want to watch out for on bedding are avoiding claims of antimicrobial treatments and anti-wrinkle. Anti-wrinkle treatments often use formaldehyde, and I don't know about you, but I do not care if my sheets come out of the dryer or off of the clothesline wrinkly. They're just going to go on my bed anyways. So avoid those sorts of claims on your bedding. If you've been using bedding for years that may be treated, I wouldn't worry about it. These these things tend to wash out over time. But if you are buying new, those are some things to think about. And then your pajamas. So same thing when it comes to the fabric in your pajamas. The exception would be looking for flame retardants. This is more common in kids' pajamas with polyester or fleece that are baggy. There's some laws that require children's pajamas to meet specific flame resistance criteria. And for some fabrics, this is attained by applying chemical flame retardants. So that's something to pay attention to. But otherwise, I think, you know, there are lots of other reasons to opt for organic, locally made, well-made, not fast fashion clothing. Your personal exposure to toxins is pretty low on the list of, of reasons, but other reasons that you might want to consider would be the impact on workers, the impact on the community around the manufacturing plants, etc. And this is something that I've talked about in other episodes and platforms. Ingestion doesn't really happen in the bedroom, so I won't include anything there. But if you are drinking anything but water before bed, that would be something to think about. And the question of mouth guards has actually come up a fair bit recently. And in my research, I have not found anything that offers a really great and clear, totally non-toxic option. It looks like a startup tried to get silicone mouth guards, but that didn't seem to go anywhere. So if you have found something that is non-toxic, let me know. Shoot me a DM because people are wondering about it and looking for it. And I would chalk this up to something like, yeah, you're sleeping with this piece of plastic in your mouth overnight. Is it exposing you to toxins? Maybe. But also there's a reason you have that night guard. And so there are going to be implications for not using it. And it is only one potential source that I would put in the bucket of not within your control unless there's ways that you can avoid needing a mouth guard in the first place. And so don't stress about it necessarily and move on to areas that you can control. The whole idea is to be reducing your toxic load so that your body can better cope with the toxins that you cannot control. And then the other factors to think about in your bedroom, I think the most important thing to focus on is quality sleep. Because Again, for all of the things that you're going to be exposed to in your daily life, your body needs to process it. And without adequate sleep, it cannot do that, let alone the myriad of other things that your body accomplishes in the hours that you are unconscious. So looking at your screen use before bed, how much light you're exposed to, 
what temperature you're sleeping in. We usually should be sleeping in cooler temperatures than we would be comfortable with during the day. How long you are getting when you're going to bed? Are you drinking caffeine in the afternoon that's affecting how easy it is for you to fall asleep? Does alcohol consumption make it easier to wake up through the night, etc.? And episode 39 was with naturopathic doctor Olivia Rose all about sleep and how to get healthier sleep. So that's a great one to listen to if this is something that you struggle with. And one final thing you can do is look at EMFs overnight. So some people are going to be more sensitive than others when it comes to EMF exposure, but it can cause sleep disturbance in some people. So a couple really simple things you can do. Don't sleep with your phone on beside your bed. Either shut it off entirely, or if you need it, if you use it as an alarm, then put it on airplane mode and make sure that there is no signals being sent or received and your alarm will still work. You can also unplug or put your router on a timer power bar to shut off overnight and make sure wherever possible if you have a router near your bedroom that you are relocating it as far away as possible. I've had some people tell me that they had they had an office, for example, that shared a wall with their bedroom and they were having a terrible time with sleep and started developing headaches. And once they realized that the router was pretty much at the head of their bed and on all night, they moved it to a new location and that solved the problem. Now, I am not saying that that is going to solve that problem for everybody. And it was one anecdotal example. I have heard other stories like that. Again, anecdotal. Everyone has a different sensitivity to EMFs, but there's enough of a pattern there that I think it is worth moving our routers as far away from our sleep spaces as possible, if not shutting them off overnight. So those are a handful of strategies that you can look at to help set you up for better sleep and reducing overall toxins in your bedroom. I hope you found that helpful. Stay tuned for another episode next week where I am answering another community member's question about PFAS in period underwear. And I will also talk about toxins in pads and tampons and what to make of this information. Bye for now. I do hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you over in my free Facebook group. It's a great place to get feedback from over 4,000 super supportive members and where I share bonus trainings and content to help make your healthy home journey easier. Just type green product forum in the search bar in Facebook or head into the show notes where you'll find all the places you can find me online. Until next time, have a great day.